Hi, I'm Mayor Steve Adler. Welcome to another episode of Walk With Me Austin, a podcast where each week we talk about what's going on in Austin, about the issues that really matter. We want to hear from you, uh, so uh, uh, give us questions that we can answer. Submit your questions by emailing us at steve.adler at austintexas.gov or through social media. It's at Mayor Adler. Hey, we call this Walk With Me Austin. If you have not heard the actual song, Walk With Me Listen Austin, to the song. Listen to the song. Listen to the song. It is phenomenal. It is Austin's anthem to the pandemic. Our musicians, our artists created this uh, about a year ago is when they uh, were in the studio working on this. Coolest city theme song in America. The coolest. The best. All right. So today I am with Josh Jones-Dilworth. Uh, returning after helping launch this podcast. Hello. Glad to be here. Been here with a couple times. Uh, but now we're joined today with um, uh, Luke Metzger. He's the executive director of Environment Texas. And we're going to be talking about, uh, hey, May is National Bike Month, what, how, why that's important, what that means, what's the bigger context of that. And what a beautiful day. I wish I was out biking right now. Luke, say hi and tell people who you are, what you do. Hi, Mayor. Hi, Josh. Uh, yeah, I'm the, uh, as you said, the head of Environment Texas. We're a nonprofit advocacy group working for clean air, clean water, open spaces, a livable climate. And we're a policy group, so we work at the local, state, uh, and federal level, spending a lot of time at the legislature right now, fending off attacks on the environment and uh, working to get some at least modest uh, steps forward at the state legislative level as well. I'm so excited to have this conversation because I think biking is a keystone issue for a much broader and connected set of transitions that we're making. So thanks for being here so much, Luke. We appreciate you. Yeah, glad to be on. Well, Mayor, why don't you tell us about some of the incredible things we're doing in Austin from parks to rapid transit and how we're encouraging residents this month and ongoing to use alternative methods of transportation? You know, people look at the city of Austin and they see transitions that are happening. They see the cranes up in the city. They yes. Anybody that's tried to rent a place or buy a place <laughs> is is on the front row of the transitions in our city. We're watching big employers come in. I mean, there are a lot of changes that are happening. Uh, and and while these changes happen, and in a context, I've been, now been in Austin for almost 50 years, Austin does change well, always because we've been able to preserve and protect what it is that makes this place mm. magical while we change. Agreed. It has never been harder for us <laughs> to do that also agreed then right now so so what's happening here with respect to transportation in our city uh if if someone were to take a look at our city right now close their eyes and open it up in 10 years they're not going to recognize this city just from a transportation component uh, and that has the potential to deliver what we need to do on climate change, to deliver what we need to do on access throughout this city. It could be one of the most important things we do for equity in our city, or on the other hand. It could be the opposite. It could be the opposite. And we get to decide at how we do and how we execute. Uh, but this is real exciting stuff because if we don't do this and do it well, uh, then this city will change and we will lose what it is that, that again, that, that makes us special. So, so uh, obviously, we passed the rapid transit proposition uh, uh, last November. Um, that was Prop A. 
That was Prop B. Or was it Prop B? No, that was I Prop I got B. confused earlier. Very few people know there actually was a Prop B on that same ballot. But that Prop B we'll talk about here today, get Luke to talk about half a billion dollars separate from the seven for the rapid transit system, which also had a lot of active transportation, but almost a half billion dollars devoted exclusively in a bond proposition to active transportation. And active transportation means like me being active to transport myself. Yeah, it means, and we'll get Luke here to talk about active transportation. <laughs> just what does it mean, but, Luke? What's that term? Can, is it scooters? Is it bikes? Is it roller skating? Yeah, it's all of the above. But yeah, it's um, it's getting out and using uh, your, you know, not not using cars uh, to get around. So getting on bikes and, and running, you know, so building trails, um, you know, for people to safely uh, be able to to run and bike lanes and. Uh, you know, shelters for for bikes to store them safely. All of those things that just make it easier, safer, more comfortable uh, to get out and uh, move your body in, in a kind of clean, healthy way. So here's 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 one of the statistics of the week. Right now, in the city of Austin, 72% of the people commuting to downtown are alone in their cars. 72%. Oh. I didn't want to hear that today. No, and, and 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 you know, we're now coming out of the pandemic, and already I'm hearing from people. It's bad. That are complaining about. Oh, the Oh, dude, it's so bad already. And and it, that's where we were for years. So, so the goal of the city in our strategic mobility plan is to take that 72 percent and get it down to 50 percent. We have to have a mode shift. We have mm. to get people out of their cars into something else. But of course, people are never going to get out of their cars into something else until that something else is convenient and safe and the right cost. It's got to be a better choice to get people out of their cars, and that's what we're building. We are building the better choice. So here, you know, we we, we have uh, this week we have, or this month is National Bike Month. Uh, it's important to have the context of, of biking as a part of building this better transportation world. Uh, Bike to Work Week is uh, is this week, uh, May seventeenth to the uh, to the twenty third. Uh, Bike to Work Day is Friday, May twenty first. Uh, interesting. That was started by the uh, uh, League of American Bicyclists in nineteen fifty six, year I was born. Uh, and if you're if you're an employer, I really encourage you to participate in that. Like incentivize your employees. Have an awesome breakfast waiting for people. Um, make it part of the culture. We found that if people just try it once, you, you know, it, 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 it demysticizes it. People realize it's much easier than they thought, and it starts a habit, and it, you just have to break the seal on that one, and I think employers can play a big role there. God, you know, employers can play a huge role. Uh, there are programs that we have set up right now. Uh, this next week, Mobility Bike uh, uh, ATX Passport Program is underway. So, so, so that people that are participating in, in biking, uh, there are businesses that can stamp a passport at the Austin Creative Reuse, uh, Cherrywood Coffee House, Shay-Z, Hillside Pharmacy, uh, In Cahoots, uh, Something Cool Studios. Uh, there are lots of ways for, for businesses to be able to be part of this. I guess we'll talk about some of those here in, in a totally. second. Uh, but those are the exciting things happening. Yeah, Luke. Well, I was just saying, if you're working from home, you could still go out for a bike ride. Like, treat yourself to a taco and a coffee. Go out, get out, and uh, uh, you can still. What does the passport do? What does the passport function? Like, what happens when I get the passport? 
Some people need targets, right? And 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 it's really good when businesses are stepping up as you know to just support this, to put their their shoulder behind it. Um, uh, mobility bike, mobility ATX has uh, 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 programs to to support employers that are. Uh, trying to engage their employees. Mobility is an awesome organization. It's a phenomenal organization, and 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 businesses should should sign up to to be part of that. The other stat that I love is the fact that forty percent of trips in the U.S. are less than two miles—a totally feasible distance to bike. You're not going to bike from Pflugerville to downtown Austin, but there are more routes and more trips and more commutes that are eligible and along, you know, a bike path or a protected bike lane. It's a lot easier, I think, than people figure. And it also, you know, concludes more of the trips than you might realize. I mean, in a lot of ways, that that two mile trip is faster on a bike. You don't have to park. You don't have to do all the stuff associated with the car. It is a faster, easier, less expensive way to, to go. What, is a, what a car costs somebody uh, in our city right now between insurance and gas and uptake, uh, about $10,000 a year to own a car in this city. Um, get a bicycle. Uh, can, can, can travel most of the trips that most of the people are taking. We're talking about a few hundred dollars. Uh, a year. I think especially when you factor in downtown parking fees. I think that's what's starting to get people. You know, Luke, tell us, like, the, the contrarian would say, look, in Texas, we love our cars. And, and in Texas, we're not landlocked, so we can expand out in every direction. We're not Amsterdam, okay? It's, it's not going to happen. Like, you know, the, maybe there's a chicken or the egg problem, but, like, you know, the number of Austinites who are commuting on bike is small, and it's going to always be small. Luke, what do you say to those critics or those contrarians who don't believe that this can really happen? Well, we can be build be Amsterdam, you know, with Prop A and Prop B. You know, we, we're building a, a much, uh, you know, a city that will uh, encourage biking, and um, you know, we're probably not going to be a hundred percent biking, but you know, uh, making just a, a big increase or a significant increase in the number of people who bike will have such a huge impact on the environment. So right now in the U.S., only about one percent of urban trips are via bicycle. Globally, it's about six percent. But the studies show that if we can get up to, you know, more like uh, 14% globally, uh, that that would reduce global warming pollution from transportation, which is the largest source of global warming pollution, by about 11%. And so that's a huge uh, impact to our environment. Uh, so it's, this is not just, you know, obviously the lifestyle benefits um, and the fun of, of biking are all huge, import, uh, uh, huge factors, but this really adds up to be a serious strategy for uh, reducing global warming and, and air pollution. Um, and I think the way we can get there is by, uh, you know, all the things we're talking about. So just, you know, promoting uh, bike, uh, bike to work week and uh, making the investments the city is doing, you know, to make bike lanes, uh, to uh, promote electric bikes, um, which can make, you know, that uh, extend that two mile trip to four or six miles and, and make it, you know, uh, you can get there, you know, a lot further, uh, quicker. Um, and so, you know, I think that, you know, uh, the more people who are biking, will see, uh, one, you know, the studies show that people who bike are much happier. It's the happiest form of transportation. Yes. Uh, 
That that's the part that gets us as an employer. That's the that the idea that you know folks show up to work not pissed off because they were just in traffic or they're not exhausted from it. They're not a, emotionally sort of worked up anymore, right? The the fact right. that biking is the happiest form of transportation, I think, is the most underreported element of this whole thing. You know, if you invest in corporate culture, if you care about flourishing employees and work productivity and high performance, biking can be a big part of that, and, and that's not talked about enough. Right. Well, so yeah, avoiding the traffic, which is just miserable for people, um, you just arrive in a bad mood. But then also just the endorphins that you you know get from riding. You know, you just arrive at work at, you know uh, at a high and just feeling great. Um, and so uh, that's you know that's a huge benefit um, that um, you know we have from biking. And then in addition, you know, there's the environmental, there's the the happiness, and there's also just the the benefits uh, to our economy. So you know, we know that. Uh, the more people who are biking, the more bike shops that open up and are employed. There was a study also that found that installing bike lanes, replacing parking spots with bike lanes, actually boosted sales at uh, particularly uh, restaurants. Um, so uh, we're having kind of uh, local benefits to the retail economy from investing in biking as well. Love that. You know, uh, you asked the question a second ago, because uh, I've seen it here in Texas. When you talk about bikes, people say we're not we're not a bike town. We're a truck town. Right. And and so so I had the opportunity just a few years ago to go with the Secretary of Transportation mm-hmm. uh, under uh, Obama, Secretary uh, Fox at the time, uh, with a small group of mayors, including Mayor Pete, who is now the Secretary mm-hmm. of Transportation. And we went on a bike tour in, uh, in, in Northern Europe, <laughs> in Stockholm, in Amsterdam. Uh, and, and I was taken by two things that, that just blew me away. In light of the conversation where people say, mm-hmm. this is Texas, this is not those mm-hmm. places. The first one is, those countries were car-centric in the 70s. You can get pictures of what those cities looked like in the 1970s. and they Oh, that's awesome. The same as Austin, worse than Austin with respect to cars. What <laughs> they had was in the early 70s is they had some, some children that were killed on, on bicycles, and it just shocked the nation. And what they did is they said, we've got to make this safer for these kids to ride. And as soon as it became safer for the kids to ride, then everybody started riding. Very interesting. Then their mothers started riding. And as soon as it was safe to ride, people started doing it. Uh, but, the, but the biggest problem that they had back then is they didn't have a network that was built out that was yep. safe, so people wouldn't do it. But yep. the first thing to know is that, is that they were as, as auto-centric as we are as in, in the 70s. They made the transition. Made the transition. Second, people say, never going to happen in Texas, too hot in Texas mm. to, to, to ride I'm not biking in 103. No, I'll sweat too much. And, and what do I do when I sweat? And, 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 and I... And, the other takeaway that I had from those countries is looking at the photos that they had of how many people were riding their bikes in the driving snowstorms because you just you figure out what, <laughs> what it is you're supposed to wear when you do that. Mm. Uh, and it becomes part of their routine. So they also have extreme weather conditions, uh, but, the, but it's still, it still happens and it still works. So, Luke, tell me, where are we in Austin, Texas, with respect to actually having a built-out network that could actually say, hey, if you have a bike, you can actually get from here to where it is you want to go, and it'll be safe, and your kids can do it, and, and your parents can do it. It's, how, how far are we away from having that here in Austin? Well, um, we, 
right now we are still you know ways away but i think with the investments that we're going to make from proposition b um you know uh, we're going to get up to i think uh, i think we were talking earlier before the start of the show you know something like 70 percent of the goal uh for the city um in terms of you know achieving you know the, the built out you know we can dream scenario of how much we want in terms of bike lanes and trails and other things like that so you know just a few years from now we're going to be a lot closer to you know, being able to achieve you know that uh, that goal for people, and the other thing I think that's exciting um, is that we're we're, we're uh, with the advent of electric bicycles. You know, we're which I just bought one myself uh, a couple of weeks ago, and I'm, I'm super excited about it. Um, you know, we can go a lot farther now, and it's easier, right? So I think there are some people that are are worried about just the strain, you know, of, of getting to work or taking a long trip on a bike. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the heat, the showers, you know, and so just kind of having a, uh, electric bike is, I think going to open the door for yes. many more people to be able to, I agree with that. Have you been on electric? Trip? They're super fun. Yeah. I mean, it is, is, it is so much fun. They're super fun. It feels a little bit lazy. Like I feel a little bit guilty. Like I should be working harder, but they're so fun, you know? Right. And there's no reason it has to, we, we should make it hard for people, right? Let's, let's make it as easy as possible for people to get out of their cars and, you know, have this clean ride or getting a little bit of exercise, you know, you pedal occasionally. It's it's um, not nothing, but it's super fun. So when you think yeah. about the changes in the city, Austin, just a few years ago, that network, 20, 30% built out. Well, the problem with 20, 30% is you can't get from where you want to, that's right. where you are, where you want to go. That's right. You can just follow the trail to wherever it goes. And then you can, you know, turn around and, and come back. But for this to work, it actually has to be built out so that it becomes a viable way to actually travel. And we're going from where we were to 70% of this being completed because of two bonds that were three bonds that were approved by the people. 2016, we approved that $720 million transportation bond, yep. which at the time we did it was like earth shattering. Earth shattering. Do that much. We couldn't even believe it was that much. And then. Couldn't believe. 2016. And then and then right after that, in 2020, we have Project Connect that, that is done. A big part of Project Connect, uh, as we're building out the streets for the red line and the orange line, for Robert, is, is putting in the protected bike lanes yes. along all those routes. Plus Prop B, we talked about a second ago, that was that stealth proposition that was on the ballot. 70% of this network is going to be completed here in like no time at all. By 2025, 70% of that network of the uh, all abilities and ages bicycle network we built out, that's going to be transformative for our city. And I love the stat we have here. An estimated 429,000 residents will be able to access the transit network by bike, which is a 16 16x, so 1,600% increase from today. That's just awesome. Yeah. yeah, I just have to say how proud I am of Austin voters for making those investments. You know, I think a lot of people were afraid that, you know, if we went, you know, too big, you know, we, we, we asked voters to make too big of investment, they would reject that. And that didn't happen. We saw, you know, overwhelming support for these investments. And, and I think, you know, there, that shows there is demand uh, for this infrastructure. There, there are, you know, people want to be able to um, have safe ways to, to bike and to, to, to get around outside of cars and, if we build it, they will come, right? If we build the infrastructure, I think we're going to start seeing so many more people uh, taking advantage of it. Agree. 
Well, the part for me too really is those protected bike lanes. Like that was that's what made a big difference for me as a commuter biker and just a biker around town, around the neighborhood. It is that feeling of safety. And you know, when I first moved to Austin, I didn't feel safe doing it. Had a few instances where I said, "All right, look, this is not worth it." And now it's really picking up, and I see people on those lanes all the time. Like it's very, I see the numbers increasing. I can witness it um, almost weekly, and so that's been really cool to see too. We're not nearly there yet, but it's already picking up. And I think there are people moving from urban environments to Austin, too, or familiar with and almost expect that kind of transportation to be a part of their life, either exclusively or sort of connective tissue from one means of transportation to another. So, And it builds on itself. You know, so you need the network to actually get people to do it. You know, when when there were only two people with phone lines. You know, not very many people actually wanted a phone because you got tired of calling those two <laughs> totally. people. But when everybody was on, then everybody needed to be on, and, and it was easy and better. Luke, do you know what the what the bike usage is in cities that are, are maybe just a little bit ahead of us, like Portland or other cities? I don't know about Portland, but I know that, you know, if you look at other cities around the world, you know, some of the, the biggest usage is, you know, places like Amsterdam and then China where you know more than you know 25% you know of the you know, public are are using um, bicycling regularly, um, and uh, you know so I think you know we're we're the United States and uh, Canada is a lot farther behind you know China Japan Europe, um, but you know I think we're we're definitely uh, making progress you know thanks to investments um, in in bike infrastructure so. Um, you know, I think uh, Austin and Texas is known as, you know, uh, a, a car state, but I think we're uh, seeing more and more people uh, recognize that, you know, biking is, uh, is increasingly safe and affordable and fun way to, to get around. You know, one of the things I can remember seeing in Amsterdam that, again, just blew me away, where they had a downtown parking garage. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knows what the downtown parking garage looks like for, mm-hmm. for, for cars. They have a parking garage in downtown Amsterdam for like 25,000 bicycles. And it just blows your mind to see those many bicycles parked in a relatively small yes. space. Uh, just, just it, it is an indication of just if you make it easy, make it safe, make it affordable, make it convenient. Uh, then people are going to do it. And as we heard earlier, they're going to be happier. I think you nailed it too earlier, Steve. It's like when I'm driving down the bike lane, passing cars stuck in traffic on Airport Boulevard. And that's what happens in Amsterdam too. If you, I have a friend from there and I've been there a few times and I've had the chance to ride a bike from the hotel to the office and back and forth. And you're just, you're passing cars. That's the only thing that really on some level matters. You, you, that sensation of getting there faster, that makes a huge difference when that happens you for the first time and that's prevalent in Amsterdam too. Any good story Luke about you and bicycles? Well I think just thinking back to my childhood you know some of my fondest memories are of being on a bike um, and you know I just remember you know as a, as a kid really wanting a new new bike or having a bike at all and our, my family you know didn't have the money to buy me a new bike but I remember my dad kind of uh, finding a used bike, slapping a new coat of paint on it, um, you know, putting a new seat on it. And I was just the happiest kid on the world to, to just be out there uh, riding around uh, on my bike. So um, that was definitely uh, a fun one. And then also just, you know, uh, more recently, you know, taking you know, bike trips um, 
uh, with friends, you know, out to, to Maine or, or, you know, driving around the hill country. Nice. Just uh, There's just, you know, beautiful places that uh, you just experience in a different way being on a bike um, than you would driving. Um, so, uh, and now, yeah, I just, I just got the, the e-bike and um, got a caboose on the back for my two daughters. And nice. so I'm looking forward to be able to take them to school and daycare on it. Um, and I think they're thrilled with the, the caboose just came uh, in the mail today. Uh, my girls have been uh, dying to get on, on the e-bike. And so this afternoon, uh, right after this uh, podcast, we're going to uh, test it out and uh, hit the street. Love so I'm, it. I'm Pixar didn't happen. We expect to see the photos. <laughs> that sounds great. <laughs> you know, one last thing I, you know, one I would mention, too, is uh, in September, Austin is hosting the, the, the national meeting of the United States Conference of Mayors. Uh, here, so mayors from all over the country. Finally, and it'll finally be happening. It's going to be spectacular. But what's great about this year's meeting is it is it incorporating the meeting of the climate mayors of the United mm. States. Uh, so these are the mayors of the cities that are really doing the groundbreaking stuff and leading the charge. Austin is a member of nice. that organization. But even more exciting than that, C40, which is the international group of cities that are at the cutting edge of, of helping to drive the what has to be the municipal response to climate change will also be part. I didn't know of that. That's awesome. This is new. Uh, I'm saying it here on the podcast. We're I don't breaking know if news announced here, Luke. It yet. We could be. <laughs> so I'm real excited about, about that happening uh, here. And, and in our city, when you look at what we need to do in order to be able to meet our city's responsibility, for climate change. The first thing we need to do is finish up what we're doing on, on, on power generation. Yep. You know, we have to we have to decommission that coal plant out in, in Fayetteville. Uh, but to a large degree, this city has been kind of leading the charge on sustainability and on renewable energy. But the very next thing that is big and staring us in the face, transportation. We've got to move forward with electrification. We've got to move forward with mode mode change. The single biggest thing we can do as a community, if you want to contribute to, to mitigating climate change, is, one, vote for Prop A, Project Connect, which is what we did uh, last November. But now start thinking in terms of electrification and getting out of your car and onto a bike yes. or a trail. And I love this whole thing. I mean, I love this whole conversation because it's cities taking responsibility, leading the charge, setting a good example. Like this is one place where cities around the country and around the world can really, as we are, get together and, you know, collectively make a really, really big difference. So I'm so, so happy to hear that that's happening. That's great. Yeah. Some of the other things the city of Austin is doing, which I think is you know, really uh, leading, you know, in the country are, are some of the incentives for electrification, too. So uh, just to, uh, not to beat a dead horse about electric bikes, but you can get a rebate from the city of Austin up to $300 from Austin Energy uh, to buy an electric bike. You know, there, there are incentives to get uh, electric charging stations for your home. Um, so the city is just uh, just really uh, impressive uh, in terms of its commitments towards cleaner transportation. Well, Luke, I want to thank you for stopping by and joining us on the pod. It was a delight to have you. Thanks for your insights. We really appreciate you, and uh, we hope to talk to you soon. Sounds good. Thanks so much. Luke, thank you, and thank you for the, you and your organization's help. You helped pass a lot of these bonds uh, and helped uh, get the, the word out to the community. Um, our whole community owes you and your group uh, just so much appreciation for that. You are a big part of this. Hope you feel proud that you own a big piece of it.
Thanks, Mayor. Definitely feel proud. And uh, thanks again for having me on the show. You're a good man. Okay, so <laughs> <laughs> it's that time again. One of my favorite times. Let's hear a joke. Hey, Josh. Yes, sir. I have a good joke. <laughs> Do you? You know, the, these Daddler jokes are rapidly becoming my daughter's favorite part of Great. these podcasts. Hey, what is the saddest form of transportation? One of these days I'm going to get it and I don't know. I give up. What is it? It's a moped. <laughs> That's really hey, bad. Hey, hey, but wait a second. Why did the bike fall asleep? <laughs> I do not know. It was too tired. <laughs> That's really bad. Those are bad. <laughs> okay, I got one for you. You ready? Okay. I prepared. Why are trains the best form of transportation? Because they have a proven track record. <laughs> hey, equally bad. I, that, that's Are you proud of me point. now? I am. You I'm getting submissions from my own community. Yeah, we're getting better or worse. Okay, so there's one question from the community that I want to make sure we address today during our final segment. And overwhelmingly, that question is um, about understanding the new CDC guidelines that came out yesterday. If you're listening to this pod, um, we're recording on a Friday and you'll be hearing it as early as a Monday. So yesterday, the CDC announced that fully vaccinated people no longer need to wear masks or stay six feet apart. And so um, I'm interested to know what you think about that, what the city thinks about that. Is it too fast? Is it just fast? enough. Folks want to know um, what we're going to do locally and how they should behave and, you know, if they should just go for it or not. And do I believe the CDC? So I saw something on Facebook. Someone said, I, I halfway believe the CDC saw us filling up uh, grocery bags with gasoline and just decided, oh, screw it. Let them do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, the first thing I think is we should all take a second and take a really deep breath uh, and really celebrate that the evidence is showing that the vaccines actually work. And not only do they work, but they're working better than, than people anticipated so that once you get vaccinated, you really do have real significant protection. And, I mean, what a huge achievement that is to go from no vaccine, no virus to, to a vaccine that works the way that it does in, in so 16 many months, people. in Amazing 15 thing. months. You know, back uh, a year ago, year and a half ago, people were saying that it's going to take years potentially before we get there. So uh, we should celebrate. I love that message. And like, then just take a moment and be happy about it, you know, before we get into discussing. It's like have a pregnant moment and, and realize it's a really incredible moment in time and a really big achievement. And it is. And we really need to, like, congratulate and feel each other and feel proud ourselves because we live in a community that has actually worked really, really Super hard, hard over the last year. Super hard. Uh, you know, we have uh, a mortality rate in our city that is less than half of even our state average. Hmm. So stuck in the middle of the state, the state all around us, <laughs> where our mortality rate less than half of the state average. And we have people that are working and we have people that are driving more and more people to get vaccines. So we should, we should also be proud of that work. Okay, that said, since it's going to looks like more and more people are not going to be wearing masks, that means the people that don't have a vaccine, higher risk level than they had before. Because now they have the potential of being around a lot more people that, that aren't wearing masks. That's right. Uh, uh, the good news is, is that it is easier than ever to get a vaccine. You don't have to wait in line. You can just walk you up. You can just walk right up. Walk right up, drive right up. 
uh, and and people should do that. The the Austin uh, Public Health website uh, uh, lists all the the walk up clinics that it's doing. You don't need an appointment, but it's happening all over the city. Eligibility expanded to people 12 years of age and and older with one of the three vaccines, uh, the Pfizer vaccine. So that's right. That's being given uh, at certain places all over the city. And the trials for even younger kids are proceeding nice nicely, and it looks like that's going to turn out pretty well for us this summer too so i'm really excited about that has to so uh if you haven't been vaccinated now more than ever you need to we need you to so what do we do in terms of rules we have been guided by the science and the data from the very beginning of this we will continue to be guided by the science and the data so we look to dr escott dr escott is right now reviewing those cdc rules he's evaluating both the, the the protection that looks so strong for people that are vaccinated, but also uh, concerned about the people that are not vaccinated yet that are that are uh, at risk. Yep. Uh, he's uh, been working on those rules. I expect he's going to give us a, a new set of rules Monday, certainly by Tuesday. Uh, and, you know, so far he's been making some some pretty awesome calls for the city. And we, he is he's been great. He's been great. A, no, no politics. He is looking at the science and the data. That's what we want him to do. And uh, I know that uh, the county judge Brown uh, and I will, as we have always been. Uh, guided by that science and, and the data. I'm going to keep wearing my mask because I feel bad for my kids. I got a solidarity with them. They still got to wear theirs at school, so I'm not going to go around making them feel bad just yet. Well, you know, and, 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 and I feel at some level, uh, if I'm not wearing a mask and I'm in a big crowd of people, I'm concerned about the people that aren't vaccinated. Totally. I'm concerned about totally. the kids around me that aren't vaccinated. Totally. You know, so you know what else wrestling I, with that. You know what else I loved over the last year? What? Not getting the cold or the flu. Yes. Yes. Isn't that the most amazing thing ever? And so I'm going to definitely be wearing a mask probably forever when I'm on an airplane or in a place where you might traditionally get sick because, man, not having the flu this year was the best. And for our city, you know, not last year. Well, last year when before COVID, our our ICUs almost got full from influenza patients. Uh, and and the influenza in our city this past year almost non-existent yeah. uh, because people have been wearing masks. It's amazing to see. Okay, well, let's do our last segment, which is really, what's the good news, Mayor? Tell us a preview of the week. What's good this week? What's going on? What should we be happy about? Put a smile on my face to take us. Well, out. I would start where we just where we just were. You know, the vaccinations actually work. Take the shot. I mean, I, shot. I love hashtag take the shot. I watched a lot of our news. Uh, MLS soccer team uh, um, take the uh, shot. players take the shot, uh, and I appreciate that. So we have to celebrate the work we've done. It's great that kids 12 and up are now able to do it. It's great. No appointments are needed. Remember how hard it was to actually sign up for one of these a while back? All the wait lists and the kvetching about every which thing, and it was a tough scene, and it's way better. You can go to AISD. You can go to Anderson High. You can go to LBJ um, and more. Every week we're announcing you can walk right up. There are clinics there. A lot over to the neighborhood. You know, HEB, CVS, Walgreens. You can just walk into those places and, and get a vaccine. What else? Uh, well, we expect our protocols to change this week. So Dr. Escott's going to give us new rules. Great. So we can all take a look at that. Uh, I, I am really excited about the, the, the soccer game that's coming up uh, the, the end of this week. It's in Nashville. The team uh, is good. The team is good. The team is good, everyone. <laughs> it's great to see. 
you know, for an expansion team, it's just it's just playing lights out, and uh, it can't do anything but get better as these players that have never played with each other. And I just, I'm already seeing in the city people walking around wearing the colors of the team. And like we had talked about a year ago when when we voted to to do this uh, on a relatively close vote, this really is bringing the community totally. together. And and that's what it was. And what I love about do. soccer is it's a sport for everyone, all races, genders, colors. Like when you look at the the audience base for soccer, it's super diverse. It represents Austin really well. It's the right sport for this city. So everybody, wear your black and green, uh, and 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 celebrate that. Hey, everybody should bike to work this Friday. It is a bike to work day. Uh, and, and, you know, it's amazing. Every year there will be people that will ride their bike to work for the very first time because it was Bike to Work Day. And like you said a little while ago, they'll say, why don't I do this more often? It was easier than I totally. thought. Felt better than I thought that I was going to feel. So... Make it happen. And um, if you're an employer, Google Movability Austin, and you'll find the good folks at Movability for employers. They have some incredible resources, lots of stats and data, easy things you can pull off the shelf and implement in your own company pretty quickly. That's right. And those companies that uh, we talked about earlier with the passport that we that we listed, I understand they're giving freebies to people that stop there on Friday on their bike to work I like day. it. So remember, Austin created Reuse, Cherrywood Coffee House, Shay Z, Hillside Pharmacy, In Cahoots, Something Cool Studios. Go get some freebies love it well thank you again i love this discussion it was great it was josh thank you luke thanks again for having us we really appreciate you and we do want to hear from you so submit your questions um, next week to steve.adler at austintexas.gov or on twitter to at Adler. and follow walk with me austin wherever you listen to podcasts uh, listen to that song walk with me austin if you haven't we are all in this together see you next week See you next week. Yes.